The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the new Jedi Mission Podcast on our South Connection. I'm Tim Slotka. I'm JP. Thanks for getting, joining us. As always, we're on the journey to live the new generation era. Let's find the best. It's the worst. Wrestling time period often forgotten. Brad Shaw, Survivor Series 92. Brad Shaw, Survivor Series 97. Look beyond the pay-per-views. Examine the weekly TV. See what worked, what could have worked, what failed. JP, how's life? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I don't know. Uh, scheduling itineraries for the kids and, you know, Orlando, all this other crap going on, but... <laughs> It's being an adult, I guess, you know? Yes. Well, we got sports, uh, what is it, Armageddon Day or something like that? Yeah, what's... Everything, it's got some name what, for it. I don't know what sports are. I swore <laughs> off of sports after last night, so... Yeah, I don't know what well, you're talking about, but... Everything's playing, and tonight, all, all four sports, and there's games everywhere, so try, oh, to, okay. try, to, try to focus with, right, tonight, right. With, without flipping yeah. over to basketball, NHL, football, you know, baseball. It's, it's all going on, so great, yeah. it's a great time... It's a great time of year for sports if you're not me and you with our yeah. dreadful, dreadful teams. I was going to say, like, my, my son's probably going to listen to this podcast like 20 years from now and realize how much of a miserable fuck I am because of <laughs> this year alone right here. Like, yeah. It's all going to make sense to him. So. Yeah. Last night, my daughter was just like, I don't really want to cheer for the Bears. I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a good idea. Right. right. I, I can't be a Packers fan, but yeah, it's probably, a, probably the best for you. Exactly. All right, so we're going to move along here to our SummerSlam build. Really picks up the next couple of weeks, uh, these couple of weeks. So it's out with Raw. This is from 4th of July, but tapes back way on June 22nd, uh, which is just a weird taping schedule they got here with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because of 4th of July holiday or something, but it's weird. They're going to tape another Raw. Uh, there's not really going to be like a live one here. So this is uh, a Raw that had three of them on it. So the last two Raws plus this one are all from the same one. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so they over the summer they must have really condensed their. Uh, <laughs> and look at history WWE. It says it's a sellout, but heavily papered. So yeah. like, clearly their their house show markets, you know, their taping markets must have really cleared up. And they, I think we've mostly been. I mean, I, I think you kind of know us. Like, I don't think we've done a West Coast show in forever. They've all been New. York, this is New York, Pennsylvania. You know, uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. They've kind of, yeah, yeah, they've all Pennsylvania. They all kind of been up there that we really haven't done much West Coast and even you know SummerSlam Chicago, but. It's been a while since we've talked about like, oh, they're out in LA or something like that. So they're really kind of sticking with the Northeast here. But isn't it that's and it's crazy. Like you, you go like three years backwards and three years forward, and it's totally different company. Yeah, yeah. And right now they're just staying in the gymnasiums in the Northeast. You know. Yep. It's crazy. So we we start off with Tataka Double J, kind of a, a random match here. I kind of put both of these guys. They're both like. You utility players, mm-hmm. uh, in my eyes, like we'll see it throughout these two episodes. Both guys are just like interwoven, interwoven between feuds. Uh, I kind of put in my notes as I started the match, the Doink feud kind of went nowhere, and then he's, J, Double J is going to fight Mabel for some reason at SummerSlam. So it kind of feels like interesting that it happens, but then of course the other match we, we get Doink involved. But uh, I thought a pretty good back and forth um, to start off. You know, both guys got some decent talent. Uh, it's not going to be not the most offense, but can get over with his, some of his moves. Um, and we get we get a we get a win for um, Double J. He throws Sataka into the ring post at a huge thud. So Sataka did a good job of like really selling it mm-hmm. uh, and a count of victory for Double J. But in the dumbest move, which is usually a face move, he says, "Nope, I don't want that win." 
Yeah. I want to get. Him, I want to pin him. So they restart the match after a commercial break, which they really didn't show it much of like why it restarted, but whatever. Um, but Double J got the, them to restart, and for some reason, then Double J decides he wants to leave. And as he's leaving the match, Dink shows up, and you know, again, my notes they were a Doink feud fizzled out. Well, it's back right. better than ever. So we got Doink coming out. Then we get Dink, or sorry, Dink blocking his way. Then Double J tries going after Dink, and Double and Doink comes and chases him with a huge bucket of water. Tr- tricks Double J to go into the ring, and Tatanka gets a roll up, a really cheap roll up from Tatanka, like. Uh, you know, I think a guy that's been over pretty song and to win like a cheap little roll up is over a guy like double J's really win. Definitely a crappy victory. Um, and, uh, you know, shows the doink double J feud is still going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also loved during this match that uh, gorilla mentions double J, double J's dad, how he was a great wrestler and macho man gives no, basically says no comment. <laughs> right, right. And then the crowd, also, the crowd was nuts for not only the Tatanka as always Tatanka coming out, but, the doink and dink stuff. The crowd did eat it up. So the doinks, maybe a guy that isn't totally dead yet. Uh, but this was kind of annoying as far as, uh, you know, the end of the match. But again, they're, they had no feud. So it really seems weird. These kind of go. But they're, like I said, they're kind of utility players for for the uh, for the, the work. Yeah, it was just weird to have Jarrett be the guy that wants a restart of the match. Like, that's, yeah. like you said, that's such a babyface move. And he's like the polar opposite of that right now. And then. Then to even go cheap with Tatanka doing a roll-up like that, it just didn't play. Like, Tatanka's such an over-babyface. Jarrett's such an over-heel to do something like that. It's, it's just really weird, so. Yeah, and um, too, like, it wasn't, I get it, now that you kind of said that, too, the way you said it. If it was a uh, <clears throat> title match, totally, yeah. good, right? Like, yeah. hey, I'm, I need to win the title, but it was literally nothing. It was a right. nothing match, so, you know, that was kind of silly on him, too. Yeah, I mean, and it would play into his character to show yeah. the win, but yeah, weird stuff. Um, so after that, we get uh, King's Court with the one, two, three kid. Uh, you know, they're gonna force kid into these speaking roles, whether he likes it or not. Oh, uh, rough. Yeah. <laughs> so Lawler does a good job, kind of carrying this, like trying to persuade him into turning on the fans. Um, and kid said, like, he doesn't hate Brett. He's just he's one of the best. So. Kid's kind of giving Brett his props. Um, yeah. Lawler just keeps trying to push him to go bad. Like, you know, I don't know. It, like, the way Kid, like, says if luck is on his side, maybe he can be champ is, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of wish he would be just more like the plucky underdog, like, going for it instead of, like, all oh, oh, shucks, maybe I can kind of win kind of thing. So, but, I mean, you also do kind of see, like, if you, I don't know if you've seen like much of like 95, 96 ECW, but like Mikey Whipwreck is kind of this character too. Like okay. he's the, he's the underdog where it's like, you never thought he had a chance and he pulls it off, but they actually give him the title okay. um, in, a, in a great moment. So kids kind of playing, I guess it's a precursor to that a little bit, but he's just, he's just not like so confident, I guess. Um, and Lawler's just kind of pulling for him, which is kind of cool. Like, I love that that thread keeps going with Lawler and Brett. Like, uh, Lawler's just not going to let go of that feud, which is pretty cool. So, good stuff there. Um, that's also followed by a Anvil squash. So, we get him in action. Um, nothing much of a match there with him. Just to, you know, keep him going. And then also a... Uh, Duke Drozzy squash. Um, that was actually a fun little squash with him. He does like a big elbow drop. He's kind of been finishing or changing his finishers 
um, in his squash matches, but just a couple of squash matches to follow that King's Court there. Yeah, I uh, that was uh, it was weird that Anvil. I thought the music was so low, but it kind of sounded like Bret Hart's music. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how he's gonna fight <laughs> Sparky Plug for uh, on Challenge. The crowd I noted with dead with dead for Anvil. Like, I was actually shocked at this. Like, the, he did. Owen gets massive. Uh, you know, when we see him fight, it's massive. We want Brett chance. Anvil had like nothing. Like I really, right, right. really did that. And they also talk about how Anvil was the, the key of the Heart Foundation, but it's kind of weird. He's getting no reaction. And then uh, Duke did fight Mark Sh- uh, Mike Iron Mark Sharp. He's so loud in the ring. Like he just, yeah. he, and he's just like, he's got like this like 80s body of like the big beer guts, the humpback. Right. Like I, I'm sure Hairy he's strong. Shit. Yeah, I'm sure he's strong as hell, but it just like doesn't look like it because it's yeah. like, I like the steroids just make his body look weird. So, uh, well, I'm accusatory steroids, but I'm guessing I'm probably right. Uh, yeah, all, right all right, David Bixon's fan. <laughs> accuse everyone of steroids yeah, and sorry drugs. About that. And yes, things, yes. So, yeah. But um, yeah. I probably got good odds on that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that was uh, a rough a rough couple match. And then uh, and then we get uh, – you want me ready to go for yeah. three? Okay. Yep. Then we got Undertaker come out, which is kind of a big, the big spot to kind of talk about. The, the Taker's going to finally fight – um, he comes out with DiBiase, um, looks strong, looks good. I mean, I think me and you both talked about this, um, you know, I forget his name, but yeah, Brian Lee has looked mm-hmm. really good. I assume this was Brian Lee actually. Yeah. yeah. But I think he did a good job of it. Like that effect that I didn't even write that note down, but, right. uh, he did a pretty good job of the selling definitely with the hair down. You can definitely tell like he doesn't do any of the hair flip or anything like that. Like yeah. it's always, um, um, definitely gives a good job of that. And then the match ends and, uh, Paul Bear comes down to the ring. Uh, and starts coming in. The Undertaker starts pulling towards him. So again, I think we've talked about this a lot. I'm really confused. They're really confused about what they want to do this. So is yes. that the right Undertaker? Like, why is he out there? Um, and then Million Dollar Man, of course, classically brings out the green back. And, um, and and Taker then goes goes stays with DiBiase and does, gets the body bag out. So um, Taker definitely... Uh, and they went to commercial in between, like what choices is going to make. So I thought that was a pretty good uh, way of TV cutting it. But... It mm-hmm. kind of just shows that th- there's only the way they're making this seem at this point is there's only one Undertaker. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, th- that's why later on is very confusing because they just go right into something. But yeah, like I will, I will say like the drawn on tattoos and everything are a nice touch. Like it, it, it really looks like him. Like if you were, yeah, like you mentioned before, there's no HGTV, so you're just looking at tattoos, the hair, the pale skin, the size, everything looks pretty good. Um, and just like. The conf- it's conflicting of him being with Paul Bear and DiBiase, but if what we get told later on is the case, like this just yep. doesn't make any sense. But um, still fun as of right now, at least. So, and then just to uh, end the episode, uh, Lawler catches up with DiBiase and kind of like asks him to be on King's Court, and uh, he even says he'll go to him. So we're, we're going to set that up with. Uh, DiBiase appearance on King's Court. Yeah, and he said it might be a he, DiBiase was like, I can't be out in public for this. Right, right. Uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, but basically saying they, even though they're interviewing, basically saying we're gonna have another interview next week, which is just a weird plug. For yeah, it. But they're definitely building up this as a main attraction that Undertaker and DiBiase. So exactly fine stuff. All right, we'll move on to superstars then. Uh, this is the seven nine superstars. So this is uh, taped the next day, so June twentieth. So again, we're kind of a month, you know, half a month back. Um, and this is the sorry, the July 9th superstars. We get it interesting. We get Jim Ross and Lawler. 
So mm-hmm. uh, kind of cool, different yep. pairing, a pairing we'd be used to in the future, right? But kind of a different uh, setup here. Um, and I thought, you know, they, I thought they played pretty well together. And we get a crazy opening opening match. Tatanka, and again, this is where I put utility player. It's Tatanka Undertaker. And why don't you take this one? Uh, yeah, so I already, I already had I already had my Tatanka match. <laughs> yeah, so this is your, your your fake Undertaker versus Tatanka match. Uh, solid back and forth, kind of like Tatanka was with Jared early. Um, Tatanka's like really charged up with some good offense later or late, but Taker kind of like starts shaking it off. And like in in the beginning of the match, you're like kind of expecting, you know, it's babyface Tatanka. He's over. It's this fake Undertaker. Maybe Undertaker's gonna do something to cheat to win or something or. The way Tatanka's so strong in the beginning. Um, but out of nowhere, like, uh, Fake Undertaker gets a tombstone and gets a clean win over Tatanka. So, very interesting that I guess they're still trying to play with you, that it could be the real Undertaker. And I guess you would believe that he would go over clean over Tatanka. But, I mean, I don't know. The, the, it feels like the cast starting to get out of the bag a little bit. So, this is a little weird. Um to me, I guess me knowing what it was kind of blurred it a little bit for me, but it was just kind of weird to see Fake Undertaker get a clean win over Tatanka here. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it was almost a squash. You know, right? It, it, it's weird they're putting uh, Tatanka over, right? Like this is gonna be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder why like they had Tatanka take the loss because I assume they already thought about churning him. Like I don't, I don't know, maybe not, but um, it's kind of weird they. Have to talk and take this loss for someone else. Uh, I did like that the Undertaker comes down and he's got like his Taker music, but instead of like coffins or something on like the logos they have lights for, he just has yeah. uh, the money sign. So I think the that's money. cool, a cool, yeah. a cool uh, symbol there. So uh, fine enough match there to start. And then uh, you want to, so then yeah. we went to go ahead. You guys should go. Yeah. So, so after that, there's a, uh, Mabel squash, uh, weird that it doesn't get an entrance again. Like I, I just don't get the thought behind that. Like with you know with all the interests they have for guys, Mabel's yep. definitely the best in the company. Um, so that was weird. And then that's also followed by a Diesel squash, which um, you know me just being like a Kevin Nash fan in general, I, I pay more attention to him. And in ring, he's definitely coming along a lot better to me um, than he was a few months ago. Like. I don't know if it's like the confidence if him and Sean are kind of gelling and it's just giving him more like, you know, confidence in the character overall, but um, he hits the jackknife for the win. So just a, a, a solid little squash for him that just kind of uh, put over his dominance pretty much. Yeah. It's weird again with Mabel, just no entrance music. That was the same note I have. It's just so weird. And mm-hmm. I, I, he fights again somewhere else and I apologize. What other match, but again, there's no mention of like Mo. <laughs> right. So Mo's just kind of disappeared. So I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, I can't complain too much. But uh, right. we also then get a SummerSlam report. Uh, they announced Taker versus Taker is the first match. Uh, Pentagon makes jokes about it. So, like, again, they're kind of treating this as serious, but then not serious. Yeah. Like, it's very confusing on the buildup. And I'm sure everyone is actually confused. So I'm sure, like, going into SummerSlam, there's probably like, a ton of an intrigue because I don't know what's happening and they're really not telling you a lot. Like, is there two undertakers? One, are they the same? Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really confusing. So, uh, and then we get a, a women's title match out of nowhere. This, this was crazy. Did you see them just line this up? Yeah. Lunger blaze faces Luna Vachon again, weird, no bam, bam. So it seems like Luna and bam, bam are done. Like no real talk of that. Like 
why Bam Bam's not out with her. Like, right, kind of right. mentioned Bam Bam's with the corporation, but didn't mention, like, why. And if he's main squeeze, like, even if he bought her off, like, shouldn't she have churned, uh, like, face? But right. they obviously didn't do that. Uh, so up, it's a very short match, three-minute match for, like, a marquee, possible marquee title match, right? They don't. They haven't been doing a lot of women's stuff. And here we go. They talk mostly about the taker versus taker stuff in the match rather than spending the match. They mentioned they are going to hire a private detective to figure out the taker versus taker stuff. Um, during the match, Luna does not uh, Boston crab and blaze basically flips her. And again, I'm going to do like what a maneuver from Vince. McMahon. Yeah. Like she flips out of it. Like is, is one of the coolest things I've never seen replicated. Uh, and then she kind of wins on the same move uh, or a bridge. Uh, to win it all. But the flip out of the Boston Crab was something unique. Like sometimes they're so some of those like, you know, figure fours and Boston Crabs like get to the rope and get out like this. She literally flipped her over to get out of it. So uh, it clearly shows Blaze is a way above Luna. I think Luna can go normally, but they didn't really give her much here. They kind of kept her in her character of like fighting and clawing versus actual being in ring style. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is like running the house shows right now or if I don't know why they did it. Luna had maybe a contract for a match or something. They had to, they had to keep in there, but kind of disappointing match. Um, yeah. Again, no build and no mention of Bam Bam. Yeah, I just put like this is random as fuck. Like it's and, and the crowd is completely dead for this too. Like, um, I, I'm kind of liking Alundra Blaze. Like when she does get her little moments in, like she's yeah, kind of part of that whole one two three kid. Uh, Owen Hart, kind of more athletic movement they kind of got going on, so that's pretty fun. But yeah, this was very random, no build to it, just a dead match they threw out there, and the crowd kind of treated it as, as such. So, yeah, she, I mean, she obviously has a ton of talent, right? Like, right. I think throughout, and she's gonna have some good matches coming up, but it's you know, kind of rough here, exactly. Um, so then after that, we get a Owen Hart squash, which is pretty fun, you know, him playing up the king gimmick and stuff but uh nothing more after that um also there's like a bret hart video package which is pretty cool so there's kind of you know playing his little highlights and everything um i love like we've always mentioned this but like just the timing of playing the bret hart video package after the Owen hart squash just keeps everything fresh everything's so in sync like like you know, like today's product, they won't do that as much. They'll do, they'll give you like a replay right after the match that they already just showed. So like, they'll show a match, they'll come back from commercial, and they'll show you a replay of, of a of something that already just happened in the current match. So, um, that production, that's like overproduction where this is just they keep it simple and kind of cohesive or whatever. Um, and then that's also followed by a Duke Drosy squash, uh, squash. So. He's kind of getting a little bit more play um, in these episodes going forward. So, yeah, and he does a interview where he basically uh, in there. Uh, I, no, I can't get to my notes, but he does an interview uh, where he talks about takes out the trash that gets a huge pop from the crowd. Um, so they definitely talk about while they're like that feud's happening. Right. Uh, we all. Oh, how could you forget a Mister Fuji promo to end? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can take that. <laughs> well, it was nothing. I really right. wrote random Mr. Fuji promo. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and yeah. my next note actually says, how do you not get excited for next week after that? Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the the devious one, Mr. Fuji. Right. His you got to love it. Yeah. We've seen Cornette for a while. Like, I feel like we he's been he's been a guy missing. Yeah. he. I mean, I, I know Smoky Mountain's kind of um in a in a pretty good spot right now so maybe he's more involved with that like i 
I've kind of been dipping in and out of the other promotions. Okay. Um, just because I love this time period so much, and let's kind yeah. of want to compare it, like to the other thing, like like WCW's full on going Hulk Hogan mode, like yep. to my dismay. But and and, um, bro- and brother Brudei too. Most right. It, yeah. It, it, it's I hate. I, I I like Hogan's early stuff, but then everything around it, like the company wise, um, just really sucks because it was so good. Um, ECW is getting really hot like it's about to become extreme and and you know do all that and then like smoky mountains really solid too so um just you know everything that's going on right now i just kind of like comparing it to what's happening to what we're watching so um and speaking of what's like you know changing the game kind of um this next episode of raw the 7-eleven edition um is open it opens typing like one two three kid kind of presenting him as a, as a big time player, which I love because I think he's been like the unsung hero of the company so far. Like, you know, Brett's done a great job <clears throat> changing the, the, the style of the company as champion. Owens kind of second and second in that. And now you got kid that's like just flipped it on its head. So cool to see a little uh, opening hype with him. And that's going to lead into our, you know, Main event as the opening match, pretty much. It's one, two, three, kid versus Bret Hart. So, um, I was really excited to watch this match again because it's been a while since I've seen it, and I know I love this match. But like watching it in the context of everything, like the promotion, the build between the guys, everything, um, got me more excited. So, great mat work early on between these two, which is not something you would expect. Like you know, with with Kid kind of um, going toe to toe with Bret, like keeping pace with him. Um, so that was good stuff. The 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 awesome like uh, reversal to the and then Brett kind of gives the smirk when yep. Kid arm drags him out. Like they even like Punk does that in a match. Like, a couple other people have stolen that. He's kind of like giving the okay. I kind of I got you, you know I got I got something. I got my hands full here. So um, one thing also I was noting like I love that Jr is calling this because Jr is still in his WCW athletic contest mode right now so like he fits this perfectly so i love that he's in this um yeah i'll be interested to see just on the jr because that's a good point i I had the same note i wonder when he changes like or like you know it's like lawler we know switches the attitude or like puppies Mm -hmm. but i wonder like when this like because i love this jr and i think a lot of times the attitude era and even some of his later items he does a great job on it so i wonder like if there's a part where like man this guy's kind of annoying or if it's always gonna be this style i think i think he gets bitter like i think that whole like 96 that late 96 stuff i think part of that's very legitimate yeah um and like right now he's not like the head of talent relations either like jj dylan's still there so maybe once he starts picking that up he kind of becomes more jaded and he's not as enthusiastic but yeah right now he's still in the high pitch like you know all into it yep sports you know and maybe that's another thing they don't want him calling it like a sport like maybe that's what happens eventually too because you know he gets fired again and comes back like he goes to smoky mountain for a little bit and comes back so yeah we'll, we'll see well that's that is a good idea to kind of keep track of where yeah. he kind of dips or whatever so and i think they make a mention of this i think he had just been fired too right like be- before this this is his comeback because i think on the, he might do superstars and they mm-hmm. kind of mentioned, like, you're back? Like, so I think he had right. been fired and came back. So yep. <laughs> that's a constant thing with him and these two is, like, when was he fired or not? Him and Marty Jannetty. Exactly. Him and Marty Jannetty, I like to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so in, in, as the match progresses, like, there's some really stiff shots starting to be laid in. 
Like, I love that too. Like, you can tell both these guys just kind of like told each other, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's make something happen out here. So, um, there's a, a, a pinfall, but kid's foot is on the rope. So that was a good little near fall. Yep. And then kid starts getting near falls of his own. So he starts bringing it. And now the kicks are laid, laid the fucking fall high moonsault. And then a power bomb by one, two, three kids. So like dangerous kid is just throwing it out. Like, I love it. Like, and then he hits this top rope leg drop. So he's just going like balls to the wall. Like, I love seeing like, he is just throwing everything out there trying to get the title. Like, I love, I love seeing a baby face do that. Like he's not playing conservative. He's throwing everything. Um, and then I put in my notes also that Ross is just adding so much to the drama. Like, with his call, like something so simple that people just overlook, like it's, it's the guy that's, you know, painting the picture for you as you're watching it. Um, then kid, uh, you know, kind of crashes and burns, hits like a, a, a misses the top rope front flip, and then he goes for the top rope drop kick, and Brett catches him in the sharpshooter for the win. Awesome finish. Uh, it kind of displays kids willingness to go balls to the wall and, and Brett being just one step ahead, like shows that they're both great athletes and can go toe to toe, but Brett's just still got that like champions advantage to him being a little bit smarter. So great match. Love the touch of Savage and Ross giving them a standing ovation. Yeah. Like that, that just put, made the match feel even bigger than what it was like. Excellent. Excellent match. Um, and to me, it's safe to say these are the two best workers in the company. I know Owen's really hot, but I, I would put Kid this a notch above Owen. Yep. Um, and I know it's it's probably a very hot take, but I kind of like this match better than the Brett Owen Mania match. Um, I don't I don't think it's like objectively better. I wouldn't. I, I'm not a star ratings guy, but I wouldn't argue like anybody says the other one's better. But I think I like this one better just because of. Just because it's a it's a TV match and it's probably the best TV match in WWF until this point. Like I, I can't think of anything. I mean, unless you consider something from Saturday Night's main event, but even then, like Hogan, for, Jerry Funk, like I don't, like I don't a, know. From like an in ring, yeah, probably mo- it's the most solid in ring. I mean, some of the stuff like Marty and Sean have a good, you know, some of those, right? But right. like a lot of the other stuff has like you know, good TV matches has good storyline mm-hmm. that's the one thing i would say about this is it doesn't have much of a storyline yeah like they tried to do it the week before like oh you know you, you didn't even like it right the, the yeah the one two three punky underdog type story right. uh where i think the brett owen stuff like just free breeds such good storyline and i think mm-hmm. this like there's i don't think there's anything of it well from it we'll see but like this might be a one and like it's almost like a match in a vacuum no i think it um, is yeah I, I th- but the only the only the only pushback i'll give a little bit is that it's well, and it's just me, the way I looked at it was I looked at kid as a whole and like, that's the story is yeah. one, two, three kid, not necessarily one, two, three kid versus Brett, but one, two, three kid, the character and almost a full year later from his upset to Razor Ramon, yeah. like to come full circle. And now he's in a title picture, like, like, you know, last year in July, or maybe it was May, somewhere around there, he uh, upsets Razor. Now the next year he's in a title match um against Bret Hart so it's, it was just awesome um like two athletic guys smaller guys proving that they can put on this type of match in a WWF ring was awesome and it's not lost on me that as soon as this match was over uh they went right into an Ico Pro uh, commercial <laughs> so it's like you know you can love all these small guys all you want but we are going to feed you the steroids whether you like it or not so yeah good stuff yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I, a couple. I said a couple notes because it was like I think twenty five minutes the match. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good stuff. They to start off the match, they talk about. Uh, they talk about also the highlights of one two three kid. How he's beat like the Quebecers. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and then they talked about how last week he beat Nik- Nikolai for this title shot. And I mean, like my my joke was, could you imagine this man oh, versus Nikolai instead? Like what a what a flip. Um, right. Again, interesting that we get Jim Ross for this match. Perfect. Uh, I love that they for this match only. I love that they don't bring Owen Hart into it really. Like they yep. really keep away from it. So it's kind of like like I said, a, maybe a match in a vacuum. Uh, the the jackknife on Brett was awesome. Very dangerous. Uh, uh, I think it was more of a power bomb, but they they said that it was more dangerous than Diesel's move, which was very impressive yeah. to do. Um, and a kid at one point is just so gassed. Like he looks up and he's just like he's going to the top rope, and you can tell like you know when guys are usually tired and they do like the slow walk mm-hmm. up the ladder. He mm-hmm. actually had that. Like you could tell his legs were just not going because um, he's just been you know just flying around the ring. Crowd really picked up at that point where you kind of mentioned about the jackknives and stuff. And then uh, I, I love the 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 Brett catches him the sharpshooter similar to a uh, is it maybe a twelve move you know so or, yes yes maybe yes. maybe a screw job but definitely this has happened before so i kind of like that i love the handshake at the end uh definitely uh, you know i put my notes 25 minute thing this clearly was a jim ross booking decision in my eyes like mm-hmm. i feel like he booked this thing and it's just weird we won't be seeing i wonder how much we're gonna see kid because i'm pretty sure he's not survivor series i don't think he's at SummerSlam. like uh so you know it's oh, a guy as far that as like on pay-per-view yeah and just just in general yeah, like he doesn't have a lot of that. feuds you know like i mean and then next time he's like in a big time feud it's him well, and Bob Holly. rumble yeah 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 i mean that, but that's six months away and he's looking exactly like, just like we talked about tatanka like he's the your, your utility man like they, i'm sure they could find ways to get, get well, that's, doing, so. that was that was my thing like so like i i know jerry jarrett has to be booking here still because i know he played the part and um, pushing one, two, three kid. It just sucks that they didn't do anything with him because, like, yeah. if you watch the Mikey Whipwreck stuff, it can be done to a hardcore audience. Like, that's ECW. That's yeah. Northeast. They bought the underdog, and you don't have to do it for long. Like, Mikey Whipwreck could beat the Sandman. He's a champion for a little bit, and then yeah. he's right back down to okay. being the underdog. You know? Yeah, right. So. Yeah, and just having feuds, right? He's a utility mm-hmm. man. Like, he's clearly getting good matches. The crowd's appreciative of um you know maybe this got a bad rating but the crowd like that was there ate it up like they were right and hatching. like they definitely knew that what they saw was way talent and that immediately gets gets ruined when the next match we have is crush yes. <laughs> like the complete opposite of what we just saw so uh and even in the match jim ross just talks about how they got a detective hired to help figure out the ticker versus taker stuff um and then we get razor ramon uh, he, it's really weird. A guy I feel like we haven't seen much about, but Ross really talks him up. Uh, so I don't know what he was doing that he, we haven't seen him as much, but they really talk him up how he's ready for, you know, a world title match or getting back his intercontinental. So it's maybe starting to rebuild him. And that's crazy. He wins on like a random roll up on Barry Harwitz. So mm-hmm. definitely a very weird match there. Uh, yeah. and then we get into the King's court. Uh, I don't know if you want to go with that, but, uh, yeah, if you had anything, anything to add on the two match, the, the, the great crush match. No, the, the, yeah, the crush <laughs> match was against uh, Matt Hardy, so that was a cool little thing that Matt Hardy's getting. Like, both yep. the Hardy boys are doing jobs now in the in the WWF, so um, that was cool. Uh, yeah, Razor Ramon match was very weird, um, to say the least. And then the, the King's Court with Lawler, like, meeting up with DiBiase. Um, you know, he's talking about how he's trying to purchase Luger and everything. Like, he's... You know, it doesn't have it finalized, but it's it's pretty much done. Done deal. And, yep, done deal. Yeah, and Ted says he's mine. So they're kind of playing up, you know, like 
you got Bigelow here, you got um, Nikolai, and now they're playing up that they have Luger on the roster, but it's just not finalized yet. So that's going to be interesting to pl- see how that plays out. Um, I remember this be like this was one of the feuds. Oddly enough, you know, Brett Owen was one of my first like favorite feuds I was following week to week. But this, what what becomes of this, um, you know, Luger and and Tatanka and everything like was another one that I, I just fondly remember. So it's going to be quite, yeah. kind of cool to see that play out. Um, they had, and, and I just have one note about like mm-hmm. DiBiase's office. He had like the fakest thing of like buy oh, me ten thousand. The overact buy me ten thousand. 10,000 shares which is like a, right. such a rich a rich thing thing to do is like they're just randomly on phones just buying exactly. up random shares in between their normal tasks like maybe maybe it does i don't know if enough rich people maybe but it's just such a overacting it's so <laughs> right <laughs> right so yeah it, and dibiase has been pretty solid in this role so i think so yeah i, th- I think he's been very, and he, besides the nikolai stuff he's acted credible like he's going after taker he's right. going after bam bam he's going after luger like he seems to, you know, be in the big the big spots for the main event. So like he has a lot of credibility, and I wonder when that goes away. I was gonna add, I was gonna say that like when so like I I don't know if we just don't have any credibility or if like the stuff isn't as bad. But like Undertaker versus Undertaker and the Million Dollar Corporation have both been pretty solid so far, and that's the two yes. things that probably get shit on the most in this era. So yes, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. Um. So, kind of speaking of that kind of tangential line a little bit, we get IRS next um, versus the jobber. And um, he's back to his, like, shit talking coming out, so that's fun. Yep. Uh, decent little squash. Nothing nothing major. He's kind of he's kind of leveled off a little bit from his little high that he was on. So, but it's still cool to see. Yeah, um, they talk about, real quick on that, they talk about how um, he used to be uh, – partners with millionaire man right so yeah. they bring that up a little bit too they start uh you know putting that in yeah a little speculation there so um and then we get some we get words from brett he's got some like positive words about kid just you know talking about what kind of a athlete he is and you know how he brought it to him and everything so that was cool to see um brett just kind of giving him his props and also says that owen was a fluke beating him at mania so um I don't know that him like calling Owen a fluke after just almost getting beat by kid was the best idea. Cause it's like, yep. okay, you know, we just saw you almost get beat by this guy too. So I don't know how much of a fluke he is, but um, pretty good stuff here by Brett kind of just giving the props to Owen you, or to kid. You don't really see like this baby face versus baby face dynamic that much. So it was pretty cool to see. Yep. And then we're on to the last uh, superstars. Yep. Um, we're on to this is the seven sixteen. So taped. It's kind of weird. This one's taped way back uh, in mid June, so a full month on this one. Um, and they start with the Okazuna. Uh, they mentioned he's only five hundred sixty eight pounds, which I'm like, I swore they said he's six hundred before. Right. So they clearly just play with his weight, whatever way they want to. But I swore he's on. Um, and then they King starts to go off racist on Tatanka. So he's going to oh, yeah. guess the Harp Hotel. Uh, but classic, classic Lawler at this mm-hmm. time. Um, and so we get we get a, a match with uh, Yoko versus uh, Typhoon. Uh, so Yoko comes out to the ring. So pretty cool there. And you're going to set up this big time match. Typhoon can barely roll into the ring. Like he barely <laughs> yeah. gets, he barely gets <clears throat> <in> the ring. <laughs> like mm-hmm. over the bottom rope. They said Yoko has never been better. I, I, like, I don't understand that. He's two-time champion, but yet now 
he's better, but whatever. Uh, it's a okay match for a typhoon match. This was not bad. It's it's what you expect from two fat guys fighting for three minutes. Uh, and they made typhoon look pretty strong. The match ends when Yoko gets a little bit of trouble and Crush comes down, and they beat him down. And I'm like, are they just trying to kill off Typhoon? Like, and one of my notes was Yoko really can't go anymore as like a singles guy. Like, right. You can tell he's he's gassed. He's not moving around as quick. I get he's not going to do the same he would to like a Virgil with Typhoon, but like you could clearly tell like even there the Crush beatdown, Crush was doing most of the work, and Yoko was just there for a couple big spots. So I don't think he can go anymore as like a pure solo guy. And I don't think it's going to get any better for him. He might be in some marquee stuff still, but like his kind of dominant in shape is, I think this is the end of it. Well, I think, I think he goes to the fat farm or whatever pretty soon. And, yeah. and I did not expect that to happen this quick because I can't think of really any big feud that he's in. Um, I'm not sure. And I know you said that they're trying to get rid of Typhoon. That could be the case, right? Because I don't remember too much from him either. I, well, I didn't even know he was here. I mean, this right. is, it was shocking. So, I, I oh, I like what going. you did with that. I like what yeah. you did with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, that was yeah. not on purpose, but it was amazing, right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also in my notes, I put that Typhoon has a uh, historically underrated mullet. Like, his mullet is, is very solid here. So, oh, good it is. stuff there. Definitely, yep. So, um, from there, we get a uh, Razor Ramon squash. So, he hasn't really been doing anything uh, much lately. He's just kind of been in these like squash matches, kind of, you know, still an over baby face and everything, but nothing too interesting right now with him. Um, we get the SummerSlam report announcing Brett versus Owen in a cage. So we have that match to add to the uh, Undertaker versus Undertaker match. So kind of your double main event is set up right here. Um, which is kind of a, uh, a trope of WrestleMania is like the, or sorry, SummerSlam is like the double, double main events. Yep, yep. Uh, that's kind of historically been kind of a case for SummerSlam. So cool. They're kind of keeping with that. Yeah. They have your, your, your main program match. And they also have like your attraction match is what they usually do. So yeah, definitely, definitely goes along with that. Um, then there's also a Jeff Jarrett squash. Um, followed by a Bob Backlund video, like a random ass Bob Backlund video. Like I don't, I mean, I I know where that plays into eventually, but just very random. I guess they're just trying to plant the seeds a little bit. I guess so. Yeah, Some interesting I mean, stuff. Yeah, I mean, we know where it goes, right? Right. But, so I think they try to like it, it, it's a pretty good. Uh, I thought interview of like where you know where it goes, where he's right. kind of very, uh, very much face. But he mm-hmm. says how he never got the rematch and he's ready to get it back. Like he's definitely yep. playing like, oh, I, I, I'll definitely be champion. No, once I get the rematch, I'll be <laughs> exactly. champion. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. Uh, and then we get Taka on the Heartbreak Hotel. He really talks about oh, Luger. Oh, yeah, oh, oh you, sorry. You skipped something. Uh, oh no. Very, very important. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. There is a Abe Knuckleball Schwartz oh. vignette. <laughs> I, I saw this as like this motherfucker is creepy as shit. Yeah, uh, he looks crazy, like the the face paint and everything yep. into a baseball. But um, very interested to see where that goes with him. So sorry about that. So I just oh, had to add that. You have to add that. Yeah, I agree. I I did see that, and yeah, it was very. Did he have the music there too? I feel yes, like the music, like yeah, the old timey like, music, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was black and white. So, yeah, yeah, yep, that is yep. the creepiness too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Zutaka's at the Heartbreak Hotel. He says that Luger sold out to Millionaire Man. He thinks, where did Luger get the, the Diesel match from? He's like, DiBiase bought him that title shot. Tatanka deserved it, but DiBiase just came in and took the title shot from him. And and Sean and, and uh, uh, D 
Diesel, Diesel really, really egged that up. Like they really yes. did. Like, yep, yep, that makes sense now. Like I thought I did a really good job of that. So, um, uh, it was an okay segment. Uh, I, I like that they're kind of putting you know, Tatanka as like the the face of like, hey, Luger sold out, and they're not really giving like Luger a rebuttal yet. Right. Uh, so I definitely like that. Like it's definitely intriguing. Like Luger going heel. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that more later. Like, should they have just done that versus the way they go? But uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, Sean also like shits on his hair too. Like, like Tataka had something going on with his hair here, where it was like, like really flat looking, like laid down. And he's like telling him he can use conditioner, he didn't have to scorch the earth, and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, I, I like that too because they definitely still poked up the like. Tatanka wasn't friends with Shawn Michaels, right? Right. Like right. he was, he's clearly the face, right? Like the way Shawn Michaels picks on him and things like that. So yeah. I like that, right? Like if you're trying to like do the swerve, you've kind of set it up nicely there. I also like that Shawn is, is working that into his character of being like a little smart ass and yep. showing some character, at least instead of just doing a normal yeah. interview segment so pretty well, good stuff there he's being his normal jerk exactly. <laughs> Jerks have, like no character needed there <laughs> exactly so um from there we get a sparky plug squash which are always fun to see yep um a recap of the, the undertaker segment and a nikolai volkov squash so finishing very strong strong with uh nikolai here at the end of yep. superstars well not the best not, choice not only that he gets fireworks on his way to the ring. Yeah. They so spent weird. fireworks on Nikolai Volkov and yeah, kind of a rough ending here to the, to the superstars, maybe one of the weaker ones that we've seen, um, in a while, you yeah, know, definitely. I, yeah. The Yoko typhoon was okay, but like after that, it was really downhill. And some of the stuff that, you know, the Nikolai stuff, the Bob Backlund stuff, like not the strongest, even spark plug. Holly is kind of weak. Um, that was, you know, he's kind of doing nothing. They brought up nothing. So, uh, I think the biggest thing from it was the Taker, sorry, the Brett Sean, or sorry, Brett Owen cage match. Right. Uh, oh, and Brett did have an interview, and I make this note: he did say the SummerSlam, so it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, stays on brand. Yep. He's got it. Yep, he knows it. It was just so funny. I was like, oh, like I get that notes in there. Uh, anything else from those? No, I think we're good. Let's move on to awards. Uh, who do you think was the most new gen performer of this? Uh, I'm going to give this to one, two, three kid. He just laid it yep. all out there. So I'm, I'm going to have to give it to him. Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go him as well. I think that was uh pretty good, uh, performance by both of them. I think his is different than what Brett brings. Cause Brett has brought mm-hmm. so many different types of matches. Right. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty, pretty good for him. Uh, most new gen outfits. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I was gonna go Abe Knuckle Ball Schwartz just to be a dick, but I'm gonna go with Sparky Plug. Jarrett's was was solid as usual, but Sparky Plug deserves a little a little mention. A little here. love. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go because you mentioned it. We've never said this, but Typhoon's mullet. Yes, <laughs> it needs some love. Right, but it's it's it is a low key. This is very quaffed. Yes, yeah. it's it, yeah, it's years of practice from him. Right, uh, worst match or segments. Uh well back to typhoon that that Yoko typhoon match especially since it opened and it was like built um to what could have been the earthquake and and Yoko yeah. match I just felt like it just really shit the bed on that one I didn't like that yeah I'm gonna go the crush match after the one two three uh, yes. kid match because or one two three kid Brett match because right that was like one of the worst like back to back exactly uh best match in segments oh easy yeah, kid but, Brett kid Brett yeah I can't even. Nothing else comes even close right. to that. 
And and on that too, that was the crowd was going nuts, especially the back half of the match. Yeah. The crowd went nuts for. So like it was definitely... you just didn't see anything like that, like especially yeah. on Raw. Like it was just crazy pay per view right. level match. So Right. And, and I mean like that's something too where it's like not this like hidden gem and like no one's caring about it. Like the crowd was invested in it. So right. Let's see if we get any more of those, but that yeah, that was great. Uh stock up. I'm actually gonna go Jr. here. I thought he yep. added a lot, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I was thinking Duke, the dumpster, because I think that feud he's got he's got for yeah. a stupid garbage man gimmick. Right. I thought I thought the crowd reaction he got for the both crowd's times very was, into him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you talk about a dumb gimmick, and he's kind of got definitely something building there. Exactly. And a guy, guy I would never thought kind of, I didn't, I didn't think he was a bad in ring as I remember him, but like, I would have never thought he kind of got over this until he got to like, uh, some of the stuff later in 95, right. but, right. uh, anyone stock down? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Tatanka because he got beat clean by Undertaker and then his promo is, his mic work with that heartbreak hotel was so terrible. Yeah. Uh, and his, and his hair was laid down flat. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with yes, that. that was rough. Uh, I'm going to go Anvil. Just because ah, I was yeah. I was actually shocked at the lack of reaction he got, right? Uh, compared to what Owen's been getting, so I, I thought he was probably a bigger thing, and I don't actually know how much we'll see of him in ring. Uh, his gut is definitely blasting out, so yeah. we'll see how much he actually gets to go in ring. But um, you know, an all-time you know raw match that we saw here. Some of the superstars were a little bit rougher, but they're starting to get some of the build up for Survivor SummerSlam. You can see where they're going. Taker versus Taker. Brendan mm-hmm. Owen looks strong. They're clearly going something with. Tatanka, Luger, DiBiase. So we right. got some inklings, but there's still some matches missing. So we'll see how they get there uh, the next couple of weeks uh, before we get to the big, the big Chicago opening of uh, United Center. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how that build comes to fruition, especially on a. Uh, there's still another big marquee match that hasn't been announced yet, so I want to see how that plays out. Yep. Uh, we'll see everyone in two weeks. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'll see you again. All right.